1: There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad.
0: Bring it out. Ring it out, ring it out, ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out.
1: Ring it out. out. Alrighty. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy, and I am the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. We're up here in Cave Creek, Arizona, right right on the border of the northern part of Phoenix. If you've ever been up this way, we're uh, right in between Tatum and Scottsdale on Dynamite Road. So if you've got onto one of those roads, you go up north to Dynamite. It's right there in the middle on Dynamite in between those two main roads. A nice little quaint little building here. Great church, great folks. And if you want to know more about us, you can go to our website, www.nvcoc.net and you can learn everything really about the North Valley Church of Christ there. Also, if you click on the radio mic right there on the front page, it'll take you to our, uh, what do you call it, the, the, the uh, blog page where we have all the, the lessons from Redeeming the Time radio show. This one will be on there, as well as our past episodes, and you can listen to them live and free. Well, not live, but you can listen to them right there at your leisure, and it's all free online. Uh, we I, I want us to take a look at something uh, today about what it means to be a follower of Christ. I, I know everyone out there who listens to this program on ten ten a.m. KXXT chances are you believe in some way about the one true God of the Bible and about his son, the Christ. Therefore, you see yourself as a follower of Christ or even a fan of Christ. And I bet you if I were to uh, get up one Sunday morning and, uh, and ask everyone here, even here at North Valley, and I said, I want everyone who's a fan of Jesus Christ to raise their hand. I bet you everyone would raise their hand. I'm a fan. And then if I said, I want everyone who is a follower of Christ to raise their hand, and everybody would raise their hand again. Because uh, we, we, we see the idea of being a fan as a positive, right? Because that's something that we, we understand, especially right now with the NCAA tournament going on. All these fans are out there. They're rooting for their teams, right? Well, there's a big, big difference between a fan and a fan and a follower. There really is. And if you truly are wanting to be a part of the body of Christ, you're not going to be a fan of Christ. You are simply going to be a follower of Christ. Here's why. I know a few folks went up to Las Vegas to watch their, their team Virginia play. And they play that 16th seed uh, some team out of Baltimore, Maryland. And um, the the team that nobody knows of, because it, you know, if you if you're paying attention to sports at all, you know it it was a 16th seed and they beat a number one seed. When I heard about that, I didn't see the game, but when I heard about it, I thought, oh man, anyway, that that's history. That, that's never happened before, and I've been waiting my whole life since I've been watching basketball, waiting for that to happen. It finally did, and so in my minds, in my mind, I was thinking. That must have been a close game. Maybe it went to overtime. Maybe it went to double overtime. I don't know. So I got online to look it up. It did not go to, it, that, they whipped Virginia 20 points. And they were winning pretty much the entire game. It was amazing. Now, the Virginia fans, when they were imagined sitting in those stands, it wasn't some nail biter. They were losing. it was pretty obvious toward the end they were going to lose the game. How many of those Virginia fans stuck around to watch their team lose? I bet you not many. They probably started getting up, shaking their heads, blaming the coach, blaming the players, blaming the refs, blaming who knows what because they didn't want to admit or think in their mind That they were part of a losing team. That's a fan. A fan is somebody who is not going to stick it out to the bitter end and continue to cheer their team. A follower will. I have a great story I found from someone else about a man named Charlie. He moved to a new community with his family. He wanted to make friends. And so he joined the local softball league. In the opening game, Charlie took his family to the park and he went to join the team in the dugout. It was Charlie's turn to get up to bat. Set his feet, squared his shoulders. The ball came across the plate. Man, he missed it by a mile. The crowd groaned. Oh, man. But there was one voice. He, He could hear it in the den of people. And all he heard was, You can do it, Mr. Moore. His name was Charlie Moore. The second pitch came, and again, he swung wildly and missed. Again, the voice could be heard in the background. You can do it, Mr. Moore. Keep it up. The third pitch, he swung and missed. And again, the voice cried out. That's okay, Mr. Moore. You'll get him next time. When the game was over, the family got into the car, and as they made their way down the road, the dad turned to his young son and said, Son, was that you that I heard yell out, You can do it, Mr. Moore? When his son admitted that it was indeed his voice, the dad said he appreciated his son's encouragement. Thank you, son. But he wondered, Why did you call me Mr. Moore? Well, the boy said, I didn't want anyone to know I was related to you. (laughs) Fans are the folks who only go to worship. They don't really do much for Jesus because they have other priorities. These folks were happy to show up and shout out encouragement at service, but they really don't Act like they were related to Christ. They are willing to shout out, You can do it, Jesus! And that's about it. And that's the difference between a fan and a follower. A fan just shows up. They'll stay as long as it benefits them. But if it doesn't benefit them to hang around, they usually don't. As long as they're happy... They'll show up, but they often get easily offended when they can't get their own way. Fans are those who walk away. You've seen it happening at basketball games like we were just talking about or football games when the team is getting swamped. Their team gets so far behind in the score that they'll never catch up. It's now 10 minutes before the close of the game, and what do folks do? They begin to get up, and they walk away. Away, They want to get to their cars before everyone else so they can head for home without worry of too much traffic. They're not going to be there to continue to encourage that team. The team is losing and can no longer meet their expectations for that game. Things aren't going the fans' way, so they go away. Our text I want us to take a look at is John... Chapter six, the Gospel of John, and this is really what's happening here in this passage. Uh, in chapter six, verse sixty-six, uh, it says, "As a result of this, uh, as a result of this, many of his Christ disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore." Oh man, what happened? What's the result of, of, of this? So these uh, fellows who are no longer following him, but the reason why they just stopped was because Jesus had offended them. He said something they didn't like. And they were pushed beyond their comfort zone. And so they left and they didn't come back. The crowd was not there to follow Jesus. In fact, they weren't really there for him at all. They were there because they expected Jesus to be there for them, Just a day or so before this incident, in chapter 6, verse 66, Jesus had been teaching a huge crowd. The text tells us that 5,000 men had gathered along with the women and the children to hear Christ preach. But as the day progressed, Jesus knew the people were getting hungry, so he performed that great miracle, and one, one of many, And he took five small loaves of bread, two small fish from from a little boy's lunch, blessed it, broke them, and gave them to his disciples to hand out to the crowd to feed them. And everybody was fed. Then Jesus sent the disciples amongst the people to collect the leftovers from this miraculous meal. And there were twelve baskets full of food left over. Do you think the crowd was impressed? Yeah. You think the disciples were impressed? Absolutely. Some began to talk that, man, let's take Jesus by force. Let's make him our king, right? I mean, come, this guy can make food for us. We don't even have to worry about that. Imagine having a king like this. That would be phenomenal. But knowing that, that they were planning this in their minds and their hearts, Jesus slipped away from the crowds, and later that night, he walks on the water and joins his disciples at their boat as they cross to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. John six twenty four tells us that. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, this is the next morning, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the small boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. They went searching for Jesus because they, because he fed them. He'd given them a free lunch. You offer me a free lunch, I'll show up every time. They'd come back. So these folks are looking for Jesus. They're coming back for more food. But he did not come to this earth just to offer us a free lunch buffet, did he? No. Jesus had no intention of feeding them this time, and they're not happy about that. They want him to do another miracle, but he's not going to do it. Why isn't Jesus going to do another miracle for them? Because Jesus is not interested in having fans. He's interested in having followers. And there's a big difference. Now what does a follower look like? Well, the difference comes down to a difference of motivation and priorities. A follower is the type that means it when they sing that old gospel song entitled, Where He Leads Me, I Will Follow. You know, Maybe you know that song. And where will you go? Well, where, wherever he leads me. How far will you go? All the way. Now, fans don't actually sing it that way. They change the chorus so it sounds something like this. I'll go with you till the summer. And then when the baseball games and my vacations and campouts get up in the way, well, then i, I got to take care of that first. I'll go with you till the winter. And then I spend my three months in Florida, Texas, or wherever I, I really don't want to get involved in serving him. Because when I go on vacation, I don't want to go to the worship service. I take vacation from everything. You know what I mean? I'll go with you till life's a bummer and I don't feel like getting out of bed, or people mistreated me, or I don't feel like God's answered the prayers that I've been sending up the way I want, and so I'm I'm hurt, and I don't want to show up anymore. And if not, I'll say so long, so long, all the way. You hear it? That's what they say in their hearts. Fans give up. Fans walk away. Or worse, they'll stay and damage the church. We'll we'll talk more about that later. But followers follow Jesus no matter where he leads them. You can see the difference between fans and followers in how they worship. Fans go to worship to experience the rituals... The rituals make them feel religious. But those rituals don't make any difference in how they live. Followers go to worship to experience Jesus, and that experience of touching Jesus during worship changes and strengthens them. They're looking to see the Christ And then they want to change their lives to reflect the life they see. And that encourages and strengthens them. Even when it stings, when they're like, oh, I haven't been doing that. Oh, man, I've been so far off. I am so glad to see the truth. I want to change. Fans don't do that. For fans, the spiritual connotations of worship are hard to grasp. Jesus told the fan-filled crowds, in fact, let me, let me read it, John chapter 6, verses, well, I going to start in verse 48, and read down to verse 58, 59, or 58, where he says, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also which I will give, for the life of the world is my flesh. Then the Jews began to argue with one another, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man... And drink his blood. You have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food. And my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me. And I in him. As the living father sent me. And I live because of the father. So he who eats me. He also will live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven. not as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. Oof. Even when they uh, when, even, even when we, I should say, hear this, we may think that it sounds a bit bizarre. because doesn't it sound bizarre? We have to eat the flesh, and drink the blood of Jesus? Something's not quite right there, right? And if you think of Jesus' words here literally, you'd be right. Something's not right there. But he's not talking about this literally. He's speaking spiritual words filled with spiritual truths. Jesus taught this way many, many times in his ministry. He's not talking here about the the literally eating of his flesh and and drinking of his blood. He's referring to the fact that he will soon die on the cross, and when that happens, his flesh will be torn, and his blood will be shed for the forgiveness of our sins. It's not uh, uh, about taking communion either. Now, I know sometimes people will get up on the Lord's table for the uh, communion, and they'll quote this passage, I am the bread of life, No, this is not what he's talking about. He's not talking about taking the Lord's Supper. Please don't go there. That's not the context. This is about having life. Because Jesus did what he did, and we find our nourishment as Christians because we feed on his sacrifice, on his life. We're not here to go through a ritualistic ceremony. We're not here to fulfill our quota of religious activities. We're not here to punch our time on the clock. We are here to feed on the word of Christ. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. That's the New American Standard. Uh, Your version may say by the word of God. Same thing. He is God, Christ. Jesus died for us buried for us, rose from the grave for us. Now that is why the communion is placed right in the middle of our worship service and that is why we take the Lord's Supper each Sunday not because it's a ritualistic requirement but because we need to remember why we are here without the sacrifice on the cross nothing else we do here has any worth whatsoever. The bread is and the cup are only reminders of that truth. Unless we feed on the sacrifice of Christ in our daily lives, our faith is little more than a ritual. And this tendency toward ritualism can hit any one of us. For the Fairweather fan, they wanted to keep the ritual of Jesus feeding them. They were looking for that miracle again. Now when Jesus didn't do... What the crowd wanted him to do, the fans got offended, and then they insulted him in front of everybody else. Here in John 6, verse 42, we're told that the Jews began to grumble about him. And they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? You see what's going on? The crowd's upset with Jesus. Jesus. They began to grumble about him. And then they say some things that are are kind of nasty to those around them. They were saying that, you know, Jesus is a liar. He couldn't possibly have come down out of heaven because we know who his folks are. These guys are fans. They were not committed to Jesus. And so they didn't care. But they've insulted him by what they're saying. They didn't care. That they spread discontent amongst those who might follow him. All they care about is that they justify themselves. They're willing to damage Jesus so that they can look good in their own eyes. And fans do that in the church today. They'll say nasty things about elders, preachers, deacons, committees, who make decisions that they're not Happy with. They'll spread rumors, gossip, and discontent so that they can justify their decisions. But followers would not think of hurting Jesus. Jesus is what they're there for. And so after the crowd leaves Jesus, after they all walk away to never return, verse 67 Jesus said to the twelve, You do not want to go away also, do you? Peter's answer is interesting. He replies, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Do 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 you catch on what Peter is saying there? We don't want to leave you. Where else would we go? You have what we need in our lives. And we believe in you and know who you are. We don't want anyone else. We will follow you wherever you lead us. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him. With him. All the way. Jesus had said in Matthew sixteen twenty four. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, in the passage in Luke, when he has that same quote, uh, passage he says, he says to take up your cross, not weekly or yearly, You know, I know Easter is coming up, and I know folks during Easter and Christmas, they think they are feeling a little bit more religious, and so they, they show up to the worship service. But they only show up once or twice a year. Those are fans, not followers. A follower does not need a national American holiday to come and worship Jesus. All they need is the Word of God telling them, you need to show up on Sundays and worship with your fellow brothers and sisters. And when they gather together, you're going to have a desire to be there because you are a follower of Christ. And if you don't have that desire, and that desire is just not there, I'm, I'm talking about like continually. like You just never really want to do anything with people in the body of Christ, those who are truly in the body of Christ, When you don't have that desire, then you're probably just a fan. You like the rituals. You like feeling religious. A follower wants to be there. To sing. Prayer. To hear a message, true message from the word of God. Not something that's distorted or the twisting of the word that irritates and angers the follower. They want truth. And they seek it out. And when they find it, the door is opened unto them, because the Lord God wants us all to find that truth. There was a uh, a young man who was uh, planning a spring break mission trip for his youth group, and he was afraid they might become distracted. Uh, they, they were up uh, up north, and they were going down to Florida, so that he was worried they might get get distracted by Florida's balmy beaches. So he fashioned a cross from two pieces of lumber. And just before they climbed on the bus, he showed it to the group. And he said, I want all of you to remember the whole purpose of our going is to glorify the name of Christ, to lift up the cross, the message of the cross, the emphasis of the cross, the Christ of the cross. So we're going to take this wherever we go. And it made him feel a little uncomfortable. I'd feel a little uncomfortable. uncomfortable. That's a little weird. But I understand what the man's point was. What he's saying is don't forget why you're here. It's easy to become distracted. I know a, a lot of youth, they, they want to do mission work, they want to help, and they go out with the, those great intentions to do that. And so they want to do these mission work. So they join these groups like AIM or at the Sunset. A school of uh, a Preaching or International Bible Institute. They have an AIM program for youth. And they send them all over the world doing mission work. And they're in these countries they've never been in before. All these new cultures, all these new things. And there's so many distractions. And then they forget why they're there. We can't let that happen. We need to remember who we belong to. Let us always redeem the time. Make the most of every opportunity the Lord presents to you and be a follower, and not simply a fan of Jesus. Thank you. Sin and doubt to sweep away till
0: shall the better day. Ring it, out, ring it out, ring it out, ring it out, till the sinful world be won for Jehovah's mighty Son. Ring it out, ring it out, ring it out.